0: Welcome to episode 31 of the City of Champions podcast. My name is Edgar, your co host, and I'm joined by my co host, Gene. And we're going to start off talking about these damn Dodgers, these up and down Dodgers, these roller coaster ride of a Dodger team. We come off a hot series sweeping the Padres, and then we just shit the bed. Against the Rockies, the worst team in the league. Gene, give me your initial reactions, man.
1: Well, I feel like you you summarized it it perfectly, bro. Um, Yeah, we sweep the Padres and Dodger fans. We hate the Padres and we hate the Padre fan base. So sweeping them was such a great feeling. We had that epic marathon of a game. Um, but our we we you know we had our three headed monster going Udius Bueller Scherzer, and Scherzer just dominates in his in his in that start to close up the series and get the sweep. Until so we come back home feeling good, and then we lose the series to the Rockies, which was a huge like you know kick in the gut. Um, just took the wins out of ourselves because the Giants lost two games this weekend also. So we could have only been half a game back if we would have taken care of business like, like we should have. But I think that what happened this weekend against the Rockies is just an indicator of like what our pitching is at the moment, which is we have three great starters and then we have to patch the last two games in, you know, the, the, the the fourth and fifth spots. We have to patch them together. And then, and then it's a bullpen game also right? A bullpen game mixed in. So you have Andre Jackson going for some innings. You have David Price going for some innings. You have Mitch White, who who did not look good uh, today. So just rough, man. Just really, really a letdown. Uh, Frustrating. I I feel like all the Dodger fans are frustrated. I know you're frustrated, man. What were some of your thoughts?
0: You know, it was a lot of what you said I agree with. Um, It's frustrating that we have to string together these bullpen games and we've spoken to our frustration and I think what's even more frustrating is that it's always like one bad inning right Mitch White he didn't you know go for that long what 3.1 innings and then yesterday's you know the first game we, we you know we we gave up runs real quick it was a uh, uh, Brewster Gratterall who gave up I think it was uh, a few runs in the, the first inning and they ended up to be the deciding runs in the game, so it's not even that we're playing bad, we're just not hitting right we're We're pretty pretty you know even the bullpen, even the bullpen Jackson had a really, really good outing um he had a you know he went out to a standing ovation from the crowd, so they're keeping it close, and it's again one these really one off innings that we just do really bad in defensively um is one of the big reasons and we just can't hit we can't back it up by hitting you know bellinger can't hit he keeps getting under the ball and he keeps hitting pop flies and you know he he's going for the home run every single time and at some point you figure he's going to stop and he's just going to try to get base hits you know swing through the ball instead of swinging up and trying to get that ball to you know get to the seat so a lot of frustration, man, a lot of frustration um this is the kind of stuff that happens in the playoffs too. It's happened in the past where our bats just go cold, and our pitching is isn't necessarily bad, but our bats just go cold. so I don't know man it's it's really frustrating.
1: It was definitely like a failure on the offense, you know what we put up like uh offense put up seven runs, yeah, seven runs in a in a three game homestand. So the offense just didn't, didn't do what it needed to do, man. And, uh, you know, the bullpen games weren't horrible, but like you said, you know, they're not going to be great. Some errors were made. Some mistakes were made. Uh bullpen wasn't as, you know, lights out, but still we weren't necessarily out of the game. It's just, you know, the bats never came alive to keep us in the game. So, you know, at least we won one, you know, it could have been worse, I guess. But uh we definitely failed to gain ground on the Giants who finally lost the series. So that's the frustrating part is they've been winning. We've been winning. We lose. They lose. And it's just the same damn pattern. They lose. We lose. And so we failed to gain that ground that we definitely needed to gain this weekend with uh, a tough, uh, tough two series coming up. Uh We got the Braves and the Giants. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why they went with the bullpen game to give everyone a little bit of extra rest, and then line up our three starters um, against the Braves. I think we got yeah, we got Udias, Bueller, and Scherzer going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So, which is awesome, but you know, we we really got to worry about that uh that Giant series as well.
0: Yeah, we do, and. Uh... It seems like the Braves are going to get the best of our uh, uh, pitchers. They're going to get one, two, three. The Giants, not so much. It could be a good thing because then they don't, you know, see our best, uh, our best stuff in what's going to potentially be a first round matchup if we uh, end up getting the second wild card um, or they keep getting uh, the wild card spot, right? Um, so it, it'll be interesting at that end. We are facing Morton, who hasn't, you know, been doing well necessarily uh max Fried, who again these guys have been shadows of themselves what they were last year it'll be a good series the braves are playing pretty well right now i i hope we could step it up and it seems like that's been the case lately right we uh do well against the good teams we put up a pretty good fight our you know frontline starters get us the you know the innings that we need, and uh, our bats pick it up, and um, you know pick them up, and uh, we get the victory. So yeah,
1: and, and and really when you think about it, bro, this uh, this Rocky series was kind of like you know what you call like a trap series, or that's what they call like a trap game, where you have tough opponents around like a really weak opponent because we went Padres, Rockies, then we got the Braves and the Giants so we went from a playoff team to completely out of the playoffs to two other teams that are competing in the team we really need to beat in the Giants so I think the dudes just let their their foot off the gas honestly lost their focus
0: yeah man and uh, I mean the bigger series though like you said is uh, the Giants right we've not done very well against them uh recently I think in the last seven games we've won two, lost five so they've you know Handed it to us, and that's something that we we, we just can't let happen, right? And it is going to be problematic again because we're going to have one bullpen game, we're going to have UDS, and then we're going to have Price. So these aren't our strongest uh, starters, and each loss counts as two games, right? Because they gain a game, we lose a game. So we're going to have to find a way to win. This is going to be, uh, I expect it to be playoff intensity. It is in San Francisco, I expect to hear the beat LA's all game. These guys have to wake up. The bats have to wake up. Bellinger, hey, if you're not hitting, you're going to have to go to the bench. Let's get some other guys at bats. Man, at this point, Matt Beatty deserves, you know, the at bats more than, uh, more than Bellinger because he's just not hitting. So these guys just have to wake up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm, I'm confident that they'll come in focused, a little bit worried that. Um, Scherzer. I mean, we'll get Urias and Bueller against the Giants. And then, like you said, we'll get that game. Probably David Price, maybe Andre Jackson, maybe David Price and Andre Jackson, you know, so we don't have to rely on the bullpen too, too much. Maybe um Roberts wants to play it out like that. Maybe David Price, Mitch White, who knows. Um, but wish we would have had Scherzer that series also. That would have been great. But it didn't play out that way. But we definitely uh, need to take care of business. And looking at the Giants, they have a tough week as well. They got a four-game series against the Brewers and then they go right into that three game series against us. So, you know, there, there's definitely a chance that that four game series against the Brewers, they can drop some and we can gain some ground if we take care of business, um, against the the Braves. But we're definitely at that point where we need to start winning, not just a series, man, we need to get some sweeps.
0: Yeah, we do, man. And, uh, on, on, on a different note, um, right before we, you know, wrap up with the, with the Dodgers. I want to give a shout-out to Doc Roberts because I, I, I've i got to say, the 16-inning marathon against the Giants was probably one of his best managed games ever. Um, we won that game because of his decisions. And so I just wanted to give him a shout-out. And uh, the specific instance I'm uh, referring to is he pretty much took the bat out of the heart of their lineup for the entirety of the uh, extra innings. By walking Machado, by walking Croninsworth, loading the bases, essentially forcing the runners on base into a force out situation anywhere. And he did that for three straight um, trips through the lineup. So he took the heart out of their order and we got the win. It took 16 innings, but you know, we got the win. And so, you know, shout out to Doc for that. Um, glad to see him uh, doing well. Glad to see Kenley Jansen turning it around and uh, also pitching well recently. So yeah, those are the positive notes.
1: Hey, hit me with the, uh, a prediction real quick, bro. I just want your thoughts on this, your prediction before we wrap it up and hit the Lakers segment. At the end of the week, we'll probably record again next week, Sunday, after the, the Braves and the Giants series. So when we record again, do you think we will be Solely in first place, tied for first place, or still in second
0: place. We're going to be in first place by half a game.
1: All right, all right. Um, yeah, I think I think we will. I think we'll still be behind. I think we'll be behind like half a game. But I think we'll gain ga- I think we'll gain uh, some ground this week.
0: Okay. All right. Let's see what happens. But now let's uh, turn it over to the Lakers. Take a break real quick, and then we'll come back.
1: all right city of champions podcast listeners it's time to talk about your los angeles lakers and news is starting you know to slow down a bit but we still got some talking points with the lakers um which i feel are two pretty interesting talking points And let's start off with our good friend jared dudley who we all know is departing the lakers are not going to be bringing him back he'll be signing in uh dallas as an assistant coach to join jason kidd's crew and his team um but a lot of reactions to Jared Dudley leaving, uh, Bill Plaschke uh, wrote a huge piece on him leaving, um, like the Lakers were losing Kobe Bryant or something, or if LeBron James left. And a lot of people, you know, uh, a lot of podcasters, a lot of people on Twitter talking about Jared Dudley leaving and just a variety of, you know, opinions. So Edgar, I want your thoughts. Is Jared Dudley leaving a big deal, a small deal, or no deal at all?
0: I feel like in the long term, it's not really that big of a deal. It's not like we're a team full of uh, young players who are underdeveloped who need, you know, that mentor type um, presence, which is what Dudley was, right? When we had guys like Kuzma on the team, but you know, look at the lineup. We've got Westbrook. We've got AD. We've got LeBron. We've got Gasol. We've got a ton of veterans. Got Howard, we got Howard.
1: Howard, Carmelo, Ariza. And now
0: potentially uh, Rajon Rondo. So, I mean, it's not like these guys need any developing or any sort of mentoring. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a, a huge loss in the long term, but it does seem like there were some hurt feelings maybe with the situation. I know uh, Dudley started taking some shots or what seems like to be shots at the Lakers, at Polinka at the way uh, they were taking the team. But, I mean, what do do you think about that? Do you think he was taking shots or do you think it just – it was a misquote that, you know, they they took a line and ran with it?
1: Uh, What – so, you read the article. I didn't read the full article. I read more of the snips. So, I don't really have, like, the quote in front of me. But from what I gathered, I don't know if it's necessarily a shot – as much as like he kind of just degree uh, disagrees with the the direction of the Lakers and feeling like they want to get more youth in the lineup or you know where um, they want to go with younger guys. So I don't know if it's no so, as much as a shot as much as he probably just felt like you need me on this team, you need someone like me, you need a locker room guy. So I just think he disagrees with the direction that they're going. So I'm not going to take it so much as a shot. What were your thoughts? Because you read the full article.
0: You know, it's it's hard to tell these days. Just because the media has the habit of uh misquoting people and definitely doesn't strike me as the kind of guy who's gonna be um you know taking shots like that. It could have been, you know, he he was asked the question and then he answered it, and uh that's just what it was, right? And it, it's so I guess straight blunt and to the point that maybe it comes off like he's taking shots. Who knows? I, I'm not gonna jump to conclusions. I think uh I would have liked to have Dudley back as a coach. Um, it would have been nice to keep him on the team. Obviously, that didn't happen. Obviously, Polinka didn't um, offer him a, a coaching uh, position. So, so, I mean, we're going to miss the guy. We're going to miss the guy. Do I think it's going to affect us? Not really, No.
1: So it sounds like you kind of feel like it's a little bit of a small deal, though. You feel like it's not a big deal. It's not no deal, but there'll be a little bit of an impact, with you know, with him leaving.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, That's on point. Yeah.
1: And, and, and I agree. You know, it's not a big deal, but it's not no deal at all. Right. Um, It's good to have those veterans, those good locker room guys, the really culture guys that build camaraderie, bring the team together, you know, build team chemistry, build positive team culture. Um, and it's good when, you know... I know people are like, "Oh, we'll make him a coach," but it's different when you become a coach. That's part of the reason why Donis Haslam is still, you know, still has a roster spot with the Miami Heat because he serves as the player coach and really like the gatekeeper of the Heat culture, right? He he serves as the person who is there to ensure that whoever joins the team understands what the team is about and how they do things, and I feel like that's kind of the role Dudley has played. But, you know, part of me is also like, but our team chemistry sucked last year. So is it really Dudley that keeps the chemistry or is it just a good combination of players that are willing to sacrifice, right? Because in 2019, Dudley was there, chemistry was great, but you also had solid veterans like Dwight Howard, DeVell McGee, Rayjean Rondo, Danny Green. You had good veterans who understood their role and wanted to do their role. Roster changes a bit. You bring in still veterans, but you have like Andre German, Montrez Harrell, Dennis Schroeder. Dudley's still there, but he wasn't able to, you know continue that positive chemistry so to me if he's like the ultimate chemistry guy my question is then what the fuck happened last year
0: egos and team players man that, that's what it comes down to it's egos and team players
1: and, and, and so what i'm saying is like he clearly isn't exactly the, you know he isn't gonna make or break the locker room is what i'm saying right because with the two years we've had him One good year with one good locker room, one year with the bad locker room. So it's not so much Dudley as it is like the other guys that are there. And we picked up guys that are willing to sacrifice. And more than that, it's just all love to Jared Dudley. But obviously, he's coaching now. He just he couldn't play anymore. He couldn't play, and with the veteran roster like we have, dudes are going to have nagging injuries. Lakers aren't going to risk it with some guys. There's going to be nights where guys don't play. They just get rest, and so I think now that I think about it more, I know I've said that the the, you know 13 to 14 spots weren't going to play that much, and I don't think they're going to play that much, but I think they need to be able to play, and so that leads us to... Our next talking point, which is the possibility and what seems like the likelihood that Rajon Rondo will be joining the Lakers. Um, Shams tweeted it. Um, Woj tweeted it that the Lakers are the front runners, which, you know, already means that he's basically agreed to sign with the Lakers. He's just waiting to clear waivers on Monday. Edgar, you're a Rajon Rondo fan. You've always been a Rajon Rondo fan. So how are you feeling about this pickup? Is it a good thing?
0: Oh, absolutely, man. I love it. I love it. Um the fact that we're going to have another uh, shot creator that you know gets the team involved, makes other people around him better, who can bring playoff intensity and you know, show up when it most ma- mostly matters, right? That's what you're getting out of uh, Rajon Rondo. And a lot of people can talk about age, but hey, he was never a guy that relied on his athleticism to make an impact on the court. It was always IQ, right? He could pick out a pass. He could play some good defense when he wants to. He's got that long wingspan. He knows how to get to the basket. He learned how to shoot the three you know, pretty decently compared to, to how he used to. So he's a guy that's going to get it done in multiple ways. Is He's not necessarily going to do it with his athleticism. So I think it's a good pickup. He's a great backup to uh, Russell Westbrook. He doesn't take away from any of the young guards that we uh, picked up because he's a t- different type of player. Um, and again, he's another veteran presence on the team. If you look at uh, last year's uh, team, and again, going back to talking about team players who play their role versus egos, who only want what's for them, you know, Dennis Schroeder. um, The only person that we really lost that uh, had that mentality was uh, KCP. So, replacing Rondo with any of those three other guys, or replacing any of those three other guys with Rondo is already a huge boost to the approach that this team's gonna take, which is uh no complaints, um let's get it done, let's you know play our roles, let's uh go out and grind games and you know let's win a championship. So I am I'm happy uh we got him
1: yeah um I'm like I said man I wasn't mad with who they're we gonna pick up for 13th and 14th. I wasn't really tripping on it. Um so I'm not mad at the Rondo pickup. You know he's a very intelligent basketball player brings a lot of IQ um, he's basically like a coach in the locker room, a coach on the floor. So that's great. You know, he's, uh, he's won multiple championships and he's been a part of the Lakers already. My only concern and why I maybe don't feel it's a good thing is, does he play? Do you like, is he a part of the rotation night to night? Like, what do you think?
0: I think he gets a few minutes every uh, now and then, um, again, m-
1: so then who's, if, if that happens, bro, don't mean to interrupt you. but If that happens, Whose minutes is he taking?
0: He's not taking anyone's minutes. Remember, we we talked about this. Tht is just going to get more time at the three, no time at the two. And that's how the point or the, uh, the minutes are going to be distributed.
1: Yeah, but then okay, so Tht Tht slides Tht slots over to the three. And that's where LeBron's gonna play. That's where Reza's gonna play. LeBron can play some four, but that's where AD's gonna play. That's where Melo's gonna play. That's where Reza's also gonna play. What about Kent Bazemore? You know, he has to play two and three. So I'm, I, I don't know, man. Someone's gonna lose minutes. It's either gonna be THT, Bazemore, Monk, Ellington, or Kendrick Nunn. And my concern is that I don't know that Rondo is better than any of them right now. In the playoffs, that's one thing. Playoff Rondo, his ability to see the game, slow the game down, create offense, get everything organized. I just don't know that he brings a skill set that really maximizes lineups. You know, um, because Westbrook's a better distributor than him, a better rebounder. He's a better athlete at this point.
0: All right, well, let me ask you a question. Who do you trust in the fourth quarter with a moderately sized lead to go in the game take over? who control the tempo, who can, you know, again, make the guys uh, around him better. Who's going to do that? And
1: and are you a So I'm assuming you're asking that like when Westbrook and LeBron are on the bench. Exactly. Yeah. And and I see that. I I hear you there. Like where, and you've said this before with LeBron and Westbrook out of the game, there is not another person who can go and organize the offense, organize the team. And that's been your point for a while. And I agree. Um, so yeah, so that maybe so maybe they do play Rondo more at the one. They play Rondo at the one and maybe they slot, you know, like Kendrick Nunn to the two. But Kendrick Nunn is nice, man. He needs to play. He needs to get his minutes. Malik Monk, Wayne not like I just don't know, man. Vogel has a very, very some very, very tough decisions to make. Um
0: Hey, we said the same we, we said the getting, same thing last year, and look what happened. So we can't have too many guys, and they will get their minutes, I guarantee it. They're gonna you know, you know who's gonna lose minutes? Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook. The team, the 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 goal is not to uh wear them out before the playoffs and if that means you know bringing their uh minutes down to 30 a game then uh, that's what's going to have to happen.
1: Yeah, that's and that's a possibility, bro. It's a possibility that they bring their minutes down to like 30 a night. And it's a possibility that, like I said, some nights they don't play. And that's where these other guys get their minutes. We're like, hey, you're not going to play every night, but like every other or every third night, you're going to play like 25 minutes. So just stay ready. And that's, you know, that's that sacrifice, right? That's that sacrifice we talked about. So we'll see, you know, um that looks to be like the, you know, the Lakers next move is Rondo. Curious to see what, you know, gives them 13. And we know they want to run with 14. So curious to see what the next who the next spot goes to. Wesley Matthews is still out there. Paul Millsaps has been rumored uh, buyouts about. Kevin Love has been thrown around. Lamarcus Aldridge, DeAndre Jordan. I've seen a lot of names tossed around. Um, James Ennis. So we will see what they do. Um, You know, there's still the possibility that Gasol doesn't return and they go get another big man. Who knows? But. You know, Rondo is a solid addition for this team, especially with championship aspirations. It's great to have someone with high IQ. There was nothing but praise about him in that championship run in 2019 as far as, you know, how he was during the film sessions, just really helping everyone understand things and breaking the game down. So,
0: hey, hey, hey and I've found Laker man. fans who were like, oh, what about Russell Westbrook and Rajon Rondo? Just remember what happened the year before the Lakers picked up, Tre- not Trevor Ariza, but Ron Artest to play with Kobe. What happened to the playoffs before the offseason where they picked him up? You remember, right? For sure. And,
1: and, and, you know, it wasn't just when they picked up Ron Artest. It's like when they picked up Ron Artest or they picked Matt up Matt Barnes. Barnes. Yep. You know, these these guys get after it on the court, you know, and they can move forward and, and be professionals and be cool once they're teammates, you know. Rus- Russell Westbrook is notoriously known for only, like, in the game he only messes with his dudes. He's not your friend on the court. He's not trying to be your buddy or anything like that. And Rondo's the same
0: way. Now, bro, so, you've you've I'm played not surprised sports that- before. Anyone who's played sports, like, we all know, like, you could be playing against your best friend. You could be you know, on the team with your best friend. And there's times where you just get fucking, you know, you get hot and you yell at each other. That's just the way it is. That's sports, man. It's the heat of the moment.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like I used to ball Edgar up all the time on the courts at the apartments, and you know, but we still had to be roommates. We still had to be <laughs> buddies. You know, we couldn't just hate each other all the time. I, you know, I felt bad for the kid, but you know, hey,
0: that's what he likes to tell people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right, that's gonna do it for that's gonna do it for this uh, for this episode. Keep it short and sweet, um, and we look forward to a, a big Dodgers week. And we'll catch you all on the next one. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for rocking with us. Make sure you uh, are following us on Twitter at underscore City of Champs. Make sure that you're uh, checking out the Gear Up LA store. Uh, Edgar just dropped a new Kobe T, a a new LeBron tea, a lot of fresh gear uh, getting posted there. Check that out. Check our tweets also for the merchandise. Uh, and just make sure you're subscribed to the pod, either Apple Pod, Spotify, Anchor, wherever you listen to your podcast. But we appreciate the love and we appreciate the support, y'all. Peace.